Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a moment to join us as we take a look at the book. We're going to be studying about what is going to happen soon after the rapture of the church during the seven-year tribulation period. I have in my hand a copy of a five-hour audio study on CD entitled Clear and Present Danger. In other words, what is happening in our world, warning signs of the dangers that lie ahead for this world. And we need to think about these things together. We're coming to our third installment of this particular study, and it's entitled Preparations for Ecclesiastical Babylon. Now, I said this happens soon after the rapture of the church, so this is a must. If we can see this coming into position to be fulfilled, then we are quickly approaching the time of the rapture of the church. What is ecclesiastical Babylon? Well, that's what I'm going to be teaching here. So if you can take just a moment, we'll listen together to installment number three of a series entitled Clear and Present Danger, and this one, Preparations for Ecclesiastical Babylon. Let's listen, and I'll be back to tell you how you can get your copy of this series. In order for that to be accomplished, though, there must be some preparations. And I have entitled our time together, Preparations for Ecclesiastical Babylon. Uh, So take your Bibles, if you will now, and go quickly with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let me show you the present day seduction that is going to set the stage for this prophetic scenario of a one-world church headquartered in the city of Rome, Italy. Chapter 11 of the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He's here talking about false teachers, basically, in chapter 11. He comes to verse 13 of chapter 11, and some very interesting statements are made. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, the messengers of the Christ message. Verse 14, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. We always want to talk about the devil having a a long tail, red outfit, horns on his head, pitchfork in his hand, in the fire. That's not the devil. He's transformed into an angel of light. Look at verse 15. Therefore, is it no great thing If his, notice this, if his, who's his? His modifies the devil who is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, is it no great thing if this, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. And so what we see here is in the end times, Satan, the angel of light, has ministers, quote, quote, of righteousness that will go forth, stand behind sacred desks in pulpits across the world, teaching doctrines of devils. That is a warning, a 
clear and present danger of what is going to happen in the end. These false teachers, false preachers, one of the reasons for you always carrying your Bible to make certain whatever is being taught by that man behind that pulpit is in conformity to the word of God. Jesus talked about it as well. Go over to Matthew 24 just a second. In Matthew 24, a record of the Olivet Discourse, the most profound prophetic conference ever held any place in the world. And Jesus Christ is the teacher. He simply just has concluded his time on the Temple Mount teaching. He goes now across the Kidron Valley to the peak of the Mount of Olives, sits down as the custom is of rabbinical teachers is. And his disciples come to him with several questions. One of the questions, can you tell us some signs of your coming? Not the rapture of the church, by the way. Matthew 24, technically interpreted, is not talking about the rapture of the church. Do not put the rapture in the church in Matthew 24, or you're going to be discombobulated in your eschatology. The rapture is not in Matthew 24. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The rapture has not even been introduced yet. A couple of days later in the upper room, he will talk about it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, but when I, so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, listen to this, I shall come again and receive you unto myself. That's not the second coming of Christ. That's not him planting his feet on the Mount of Olives, but it's him receiving us up to be with him. That's the rapture. But that's a couple of days later. This is Tuesday afternoon of Passion Week. He's responding to their question, give us some signs of your second coming, when you're coming back, when you're going to set up the kingdom. Notice what he says here as he responds to these men in verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 5, so many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ and shall deceive many. Look down in verse 11, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Look over in verse 24, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and through signs, wonders, and miracles shall deceive even the very elect. Those that God has chosen to be his shall be deceived or come to the point of being deceived. Four verses I read, Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, 11 and 24. Four times I used the word deception. False teachers, false prophets. What was their method of propagating their false teaching? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Go over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 just for a second. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 relates to us what's going to happen after the appearance of Antichrist. Notice what it says here. Verse 8, and then shall that wicked one, the Antichrist, be revealed. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. The working of Satan with what? All power and signs and lying wonders. Go to chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 13. Let me show you. When the Antichrist comes on the scene... He will be, it seems, wounded to the death. But notice he's only wounded. There's a phrase there used 52 times in the book of Revelation. 
And in verse 3, we see, and I saw one of his heads as it were. That's the phrase used 53 times or 52 times in Revelation. It's a phrase that basically says it seems to be, but not really is. So he is not dead, but simply wounded. Now notice what it says. He was wounded as to the death and his deadly wound was healed. Who did that? Satan. One of those signs, wonders, and miracles. In verse 11, uh, the false prophet, a third member of the satanic trinity appears. Look what he says in verse 12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. There's verse 13. And he doeth great wonders, notice this wonder, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven onto the earth. Man, that's pretty good miracle. The miracle boys today, I haven't seen them call fire out of heaven. They do some other things, quite interesting, but never calling fire out of heaven. Verse 14, and deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by means of these miracles. Look at chapter 16 of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 16, the record of those vile judgments, the last seven judgments leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. How is he going to get the armies of the world to gather at the Jerusalem location for the beginning of the campaign of Armageddon? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us, verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are spirits of devils working miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of the Lord God Almighty. Look at chapter uh, 19 of the book of Revelation. The Antichrist and the false prophet after the battle of Armageddon are taken. Notice what happens in verse 20. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which with he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. Signs, wonders, and miracles, deception. And so it is we see that the present day seduction by Satan and his demonic forces that are released upon the earth. Satan in the first heaven above us. Three heavens. God is in the third heaven. The second heaven coming back towards earth would be the location of the stars and the galaxies. The first heaven would be that which we can see when we step outside right now where the sun, the clouds are located. And in that first heaven is where Satan has been dispatched to for now some 6,000 years. And there he dispatches his evil angels. Chapter 10 of the book of Daniel tells us into the bodies of world leaders to control this world through evil world leaders, political leaders. And that's what chapter 10 of Daniel is basically talking about. Chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians talks about those evil angels dispatched as ministers of righteousness so that they may seduce the world in preparing them to establish this false religiosity. When I talk about uh, this type of uh, a situation, in my mind, immediately focuses on what is today referred to as the charismatic movement. The charismatic movement, and I don't have time to trace their history, but it has almost hit its peak at this time in history. Now, by the way, may I ask you to do me a favor? If you disagree with anything I say in the next couple of minutes, don't you go tell Tom. 
Don't you get a hold of Joe Jordan or Harry Ballback. Don't even talk to your wife or your friend about it until after you talk to me. The Bible says you got all against your brother, you go to him first. Come on down. In Bible in hand, don't bring me your experience. I've had all the experiences I can stand. Just bring me your Bible. You see, I don't prove my Bible by my experience. I prove my experience by my Bible. And so come and we'll study reason together as the Bereans did. But I suggest to you that the charismatic, modern-day charismatic movement is the manifestation of this present-day seduction led by Satan and his demonic forces moving into so-called Christendom. They, in the charismatic movement, basically the bottom line foundational truth is the speaking in unknown tongues. Or it's the divine healing. And it has advanced. It has advanced to when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, he starts to laugh. Or bark like a dog. I saw a Pentecostal friend of mine, Joe Chambers, a classic Pentecostal, who is totally opposed to the charismatic movement, has done an expose on some of these things. I saw, I saw Kenneth and Gloria Copeland slithering on the floor as they were under a trance from their mentor as he was they slithered out of their seats onto the floor satanic activity tongues is most likely the lowest common denominator in this charismatic movement. What does God's word say? Notice John 16, just for a second. John chapter 16, I've got to show you this. John chapter 16, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? God has a member of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. Jesus the Son came to earth, living here for 33 years. At the conclusion of that time, he said he must go. Verse 7 of chapter 16 of John. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth or the comforter, one of the names. Look at verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is come, he will guide you into all truth. Notice what Jesus said. This is not my interpretation. You can read the word as plain as I can. For he shall not speak of himself. This is about as dogmatic as you can be. Jesus Christ said, all of any activity in the end times that glorifies the Holy Spirit is not what I have planned. Wearing a little dove on your lapel. Any ministry you see lifting up the Holy Spirit over Jesus Christ. 
Jesus himself said, when I go, I send the Holy Spirit. I send the spirit of truth to teach you things to come because you can't bear what I'm going to say now. You pay attention. When he comes, he will not glorify himself. He will not speak of himself. He will only speak of me. We better be careful how we honor the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is co-equal in the Godhead. I'm not attacking that. I'm simply saying God has a plan for each member of the Godhead. And Jesus Christ said when he comes, he shall not speak of himself. Verse 13, but, what, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me. So any activity supposedly attributed to the Holy Spirit that does not glorify him, but brings attention and attraction and honor to the Holy Spirit cannot be of God because Jesus said that is not the case. Thanks for taking a moment to join us right here as we've taken a look at the book. When we go to the Word of God, in particular the book of Revelation chapter 17, we can see everything coming together as we have been studying the preparations for ecclesiastical Babylon. It's happening faster than we can even report to you. In fact, what we talked about on this study, to some extent, has become old hat. There are events unfolding on a daily basis. You can go to our website and we'll keep you abreast of all of those current events. Our website address is prophecytoday.com. While you're there, by the way, why don't you go to our shopping mall and you'll find out how you can purchase your own copy of Clear and Present Danger. That's the study we've been going through today. It's a five-hour study on CD, and it will be available to you at our website. Or you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, and our staff is standing by to take your order. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from all across America. By the way, this study today, Preparations for Ecclesiastical Babylon, give us evidence that we are quickly approaching the time of the rapture of the church. And all I have left to say after making that statement and listening to our study is let's keep looking up until...